It's the Real Roots Radio podcast, on-demand content highlighting the best information and entertainment from the Real Roots Radio team. Let's check in with Brett the Vet of Veterinary Associates to hear more about some of his adventures with our four-legged friends. Here's Roy Hatfield. It's time once again for Ask Brett the Vet, where we check in with our good friend Dr. Brett Ellis of Veterinary Associates and their location at Xenia, just north of the Xenia city limits on US 68. And Dr. Ellis joining us on the phone lines on this Thursday morning. Doc, welcome in. How are you? I am excellent. Uh, really enjoying the, the spring here this year. We've had uh, beautiful weather. It's not not been too hot, not too cold, and not too wet. It's it's just about right. Beautiful yeah. uh, spring flowers everywhere, and uh, bugs aren't too bad. But boy, are they starting! I, I've uh, you guys have probably noticed the smell of uh, feces in the air around us from time to time. If you're driving around the country, they're starting to spread manure or potentially. Sometimes they use human feces, um, so that that gets it's not human. It's not like straight feces. It's the <laughs> wastewater treatment plant. Right, right. Dirty so, job, but, but somebody's got to do it. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's better than putting the uh, chemical fertilizers on the on the field, which can cause a problem. There's a balance, of course, but uh, I think uh, you know I was at a farm yesterday in in uh, Eastern Green County. And I haven't seen a lot of flies yet, but the, the horses out in the field when they were getting them had were, were covered in flies. Um, but I think it must have been because they were spreading manure in the field adjacent to them, and uh, that's a good place for flies to uh, to grow. So uh, yeah, that's what's that's what's going on with that smell. It's not uh, uh, it's it's definitely, and I don't remember smelling quite as much uh, in previous years, but this year it certainly certainly out there so it may have to do with what's available and what's what's uh what's legal to spread and what's what's good for the crops so it is that kind of it is that time of year i should say so yeah yeah and don't forget to give the the farmers a break when they're out on the road and the tractors and you know just slow down let them get around you um try to pull over to the side if you're able so some of those tractors are pretty wide and uh, planters are pretty wide so uh, just give them a break. They're out there doing their job to to keep the world fed. So uh, always appreciated to take it easy on them because they don't have the maneuverability in those things like like you do in your car or your truck. Right, right. Good point. Uh, Doc uh, joining us as he does every Thursday at nine thirty. And this week is na- or is it this week or next week? That's next nation- week. Okay, next week's National Dog Bite Prevention Week or the uh, the Cliff Clavin Week, as I like to call it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, as we're uh, getting out more and more, and I know I've been walking rocky more and more as the weather has been a lot nicer yeah. here, uh, uh, what are some things that we should look for uh, to try to prevent uh, an accident with a pooch? Well, you know, the first thing is if it's a strange dog, you know, don't go up to it. Uh, certainly, um, if you're out on the bike path and the dog approaches you, best thing to do is to ignore it. Um, certainly don't make eye contact. Um and then the other thing you have to remember is if you're in the tractor supply and there's a dog in there or, you know, you're in one of those stores or people are walking them through the mall, you know, to ignore that dog, they don't all want you to come up and uh, pet them. Sometimes they're nervous. Sometimes they're fearful. So let them come to you. Um, 
kind of the progress of what happens. Let's say you're in a, a situation, you're over at somebody's house and their dog is there and your kids are there. Um, first thing you'll see is the dog, um, that they'll try to act distracted just to take the pressure off of themselves. They'll, they'll sniff around, they'll scratch. That's just a little bit of anxiety. Uh, the, the next thing is you'll see is the, the dog, you know, kind of giving signals that, you know, I'd really like to calm things down. They're, they're licking their lips, they're yawning, they're turning their head away, they're moving in slow motion, just uh, trying to, like, figure out what, what they're going to do. We see those behaviors a lot in the uh, exam room when we're uh, the dog's in an uh, unfamiliar environment or, you know, knows that there may be some needles coming their way, and that's where we use, like, food and things like that to distract and, and try to take that phase down. Uh, the next phase you'll see... Um, it was a heavy panting, uh, sweaty paws. If you look on the floor, uh, you might see some, some sweaty paw prints on the, on the wood floor or tile floor. Um, they're trembling if their eyes are big and wide, but again, don't stare at their eyeballs. That doesn't help things go up. And, and you might see their hackles, the, uh, hair in between the shoulder blades and over their pelvis there. Uh, when those things go up, you know, it's time to time to redirect, disengage, and uh, and get away. The next phase phase you'll see is uh, they get very stiff. They'll freeze. They'll be staring wide-eyed without blinking. And the mouth they go from panting to closed. When the mouth closes, that's when they're getting ready to bite. Um, they're not going to have that mouth open like that uh, before they bite, typically, um, and. They're trying to, you know, they're not stopping. They're not picking up on my cues that I'm anxious. Uh, they are continuing to get in my space and make me uncomfortable. Um, so, this, again, that's where you want to stop. Um, the last thing you see, if, and this is for the dog that warns you, um, this is why we always try to tell people not to punish dogs for doing these behaviors where they're calming you down that you might think are annoying or, or uh, uh, undesirable behaviors. If, if you punish them when they're doing these things, uh, the early uh, warnings of bite, sometimes dogs just stop doing those warnings and they go right to bite. And those are the most uh, dangerous ones. Um, so uh, you'll see snarling, growling, snapping at the air. They might start punching with their nose. Uh, um, that's a, that's a, uh, the last thing they do before they just lunge and bite if the, the environment doesn't change uh, to their liking. So um, I'll put this picture up on our Facebook page if you guys want to see it. But um, it's uh, uh, those are the key signs to, you know, disengage, get out of the way of the dog. Uh, hopefully the owner, if you, you know, it's not your dog. If it is your dog, get that dog to a safe place. Get them out of the in situation that they're in. Um, if it's your friend's dog, um, you're over at their house, then, you know, maybe you're the one that needs to act if they're not going to move their dog. So um, just do it slowly and don't make eye contact. <laughs> and uh, hopefully have some cookies or treats or something so you can distract them that way too. But uh, uh, that's some good good points for recognizing the early phases of a dog bite. So really it, it, it's all about territory. If you, you stay out of their territory and, and don't dead eye stare them mm -hmm. normally you, you can you can disengage right right that's you know most of them now there's the dogs that are just going to come up and try to take your leg off no matter what um but 
those are the dogs typically that have been punished for the early behaviors. And so they don't, they don't tell you, they don't lick their lips. They don't raise their hackles. They don't freeze. They don't stare. Uh, they just go right to bite. And those are the, those are the scary ones. Right. Right, most definitely. So uh, some early warning signs to uh, try to prevent uh, a nice walk from turning into a uh, undesirable outcome from our friend uh, Dr. Brett Ellis on uh, Brett the Vet on Real Roots Radio. And uh, speaking of uh, animals, and, and we were talking about uh, bugs a little earlier, but mm-hmm. uh, uh, undesirable bugs, uh, parasites, uh, yeah. something else we got to worry about as well. Yeah, as we see the spring pastures rise, uh, what goes along with that are uh, especially in the sheep and the goats, um, the uh, call it the barber pole worm, and because it's kind of it's got a uh, corkscrew tail, so it kind of looks like a barber pole um, under the microscope. Uh, Homuncus contortus is the name, and that that thing will uh, uh, live in the stomach of the the sheep or the goat, and uh, they they can uh, they erupt and. Um, break through the lining of the stomach and the animals bleed. Now, interestingly on these, um, with these parasites that there is a lot of parasites, they, um, the ghosts or sheep don't always have diarrhea either. Uh, they may have, their stool may be a little bit darker, but not always. And, um, sometimes it's just a little bit more dry and, um, but they can actually bleed out from these parasites. Uh, so the way we monitor that, and, and sheep and goats. One thing is with the ideal way is with a fecal egg count. Um, so you get a quantity of, uh, of goat poop or sheep poop and uh, take that in and uh, we send it to a lab where they, it's a big centrifuge machine to spin it down and do a uh, eggs per gram of feces. And that gives you an idea of how much contamination there is in the pasture. Um, so those you, you would target those animals. The other thing what people will do is um, this is something that was developed, I think, in New Zealand or Australia, where they have lots of parasite resistance because they have lots of sheep and uh, goats, and, and uh, it's called the FAMANCHA, and it's an acronym for something. I can't remember, but uh, the, it's where you look at their eyelids. You pull their lower eyelid down, and you look at the pink part under their eye. Um, if... if that's not pink. That's when those are animals that you want to treat. Um, and if it is pink, those are animals you don't want to treat. Um, so the idea being that you don't, uh, treat every animal in the flock at the same time. Um, cause you, what you, what we know is that dewormers do not eliminate all of the parasites. They decrease the amount of shedding that those animals will do to get the parasites onto the pasture. So those numbers drop, but it does not eliminate the uh, shedding of those eggs completely. So the, 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 what happens is if you treat every animal in your flock with the same drug, the only uh, parasite eggs you have on your pasture are parasite eggs that are resistant to ivermectin or strongid or panicure or whatever dewormer you're using. So that's probably the biggest thing with uh, with the sheep and goats is don't deworm every animal at the same time. Um, I mean, if they're all pale, then you got bigger problems, and you need to call your veterinarian and, and figure that out. But uh, um, don't deworm every animal. And um, what you want is the the 
parasite eggs that have not been exposed to ivermectin to be on your pasture. So that they call that refugia, like the population of parasite eggs that are still going to be susceptible to dewormers. You want that on your pasture. You don't want all parasite eggs that have been exposed to the dewormer because then you get to the point where the only way you can battle uh, parasites is to put them on, you know, concrete or, or dirt lot. And uh, that's just not as much fun for them and not as much fun for us. So um, uh, it's, a, it's a challenge, and uh, but there's a lot of, you know, people with backyard goats and, and uh, they're kind of fun family pets, but uh, they're, they're different than every other species when it comes to, to deworming and husbandry and, and care. So uh, if, you, if you do have some of those, certainly give us a call and, We'll try to help you get started in the in the right direction and um, get things under control for you. Mm. Feces, deworming, and eggs. How do you eat breakfast in the morning? Yeah, very, very well, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm glad somebody does. Dr. Brett Ellis joining us on Real Roots Radio. Ask Brett the Vet. Uh, you never know what topic we're going to come up we with never, uh, yeah. on this program. Sometimes we don't know what topic we're going to come well, up with this awesome, program. But we right? we make it work. We make it work, and we'll continue right. to do so every Thursday at 930. Now, don't forget, if you have a question for Dr. Ellis, you can always get those in to me at Roy at RealRootsRadio.com or leave them on the voicemail at 937-374-3636 or one 888 40, 94, 44, and hit 4 to get right in here to the studio. If I do not get to you, I promise I will uh, get it from the voicemail and ask Brett the vet. Doc, thank you as always. Enjoy yeah. this nice stretch of weather while we have it. I think uh, looking into next week, uh, we're going to cool down. Uh, so uh, enjoy these uh, next couple of days whenever they're dry. That's right. That's right. Get out there and take your walks and enjoy the beautiful spring take your walks and ride your bikes there you go yeah, all get right on, my friend okay, i appreciate it as always and uh we'll get together next thursday at 9 30 sounds great your home for all things country real roots radio